we pledge 1,000 souls into the kingdom of God coming conference 2022. Mm. So we started off with this group of young people and some pastors of praying and fasting, asking for the will of God because we need to start somewhere. And then God starts to open doors uh, into evangelizing into places. Uh, actually, it started in a hospital, mm. a hospital ministry, where in one week they clear the whole world. Like all the people who have been prayed have been discharged from the hospital. They've been healed. Have been healed. Oh been healed. They were like it's been discharged from the hospital because uh, the nurses they said. Uh, there's nothing else there. You are, you are healed. You are, you're free to go home. You know? Wow. So it breaks out from there. And, 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 and this happens through the young people. Mm. And once these young people start to witness what God can do through people who sanctify themselves in the presence of God through prayer and fasting, bro, this is one fasting and prayer everywhere. Mm. So we continue to inspire them. Let's keep on doing what we need supposed to do. And God start opening doors from villages to villages to villages to villages. Welcome, everyone. Today, we are excited to have Tavita Iwade on the podcast. He is the former youth president of UPC Fiji and current missions director. I talked to him about his life and ministry, as well as what God has been doing in Fiji. But first, we have a review out of Australia. It says, absolutely amazing. The Hacker Podcast has been such a blessing for me and has greatly helped me on my spiritual journey. Also, you might be listening, but probably not following. Following is the best way to stay connected to the Hacker Podcast, and it's your best chance to not miss an episode. To follow us on Apple Podcasts, look for the plus sign on the top right corner. And for Spotify, just look for follow. Now, let's get to the conversation. Well, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for joining us today, bro. Amen, amen. It's my pleasure. Well, uh, I saw that you're in country, and uh, I know you're in country for a number of weeks. You're traveling around Australia, ministering as an evangelist, an international evangelist here. But I saw that you were in Sydney for a few weeks, so I was like, oh, I've got to grab him and see if he can come onto the podcast, share a bit of his story. You have an amazing story. And um, <laughs> yeah, amen. We've had, uh, we had... Brother Wicket on here, uh, oh, the, the missionary to Fiji. Right. Yeah. And we've had a number of people from other countries on the podcast already, but I, I believe you're the first Fijian who actually lives in Fiji. We had okay. Sam Rainima, but right. he like he doesn't even know Fijian properly. <laughs> <laughs> so excited to chat with you. And, uh, you know, again, thanks for being brave coming on. I know English is your second language, um, but we're grateful that you've set your time aside today to to chat with us on the podcast thank you bro. well the way we like to start these conversations is by you sharing a bit about your background just so uh, those who listen to the podcast they may not know you so they can learn a bit more about you so if you wouldn't mind brother Wate sharing a bit about yourself okay uh yeah my name is brother Tevito Wate yeah I'm 41 years old as of now and I come from the family of uh eight siblings. Uh, I'm the third eldest. Uh, and uh, growing up in a family where mom and dad is a full-time minister, mm. it's something I can say it's really it's a challenge, mm. especially as kids. 
uh, where you don't have all the freedom like the normal kids. Yeah. So those are the kind of pressure I, I was uh, brought up with. And uh, not only that, uh, as uh, my mom and dad uh, answered to the call of God, uh, to their first uh, appointment as a pastor to this mission field to go and uh, start a work. Mm. Uh, it was back in 1979, I think, 1979, yeah. And uh, two years later, I was born. So I was born in the mission field. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah. So now, was this uh, on the mission field in Fiji? or yeah, in overseas? Fiji, oh, in, in Fiji, Fiji, just okay. in Fiji, in the northern side of Fiji. Mm-hmm. Actually, uh, Sister Robin Harvey oh, hails wow. from. Oh, wow, that's yeah, amazing. Northern side, yeah. yeah. Yeah, uh, that's also where I've got uh, this accident. Where I lose one, this side, mm. my right uh, hand eyesight. It's uh, and um, <coughs> so that did that happen to you as a child? Yeah, when oh. I was still five years old. Oh wow! Yeah, and uh, the only thing I know that I was running against this. Uh, my uncle was reading, and uh, he was hiding the file at his back pocket. I was trying to surprise him. Mm. Coming from the back, you know, it was just like uh, tackling him from the back. <laughs> I didn't know the file was just right there. Oh man! Uh, next thing I realized, I was in the hospital. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, I go to uh, to my primary school and to high school, and uh, things kind of bit of uh, crazy with me. Like I was off track a little bit. Oh, okay. And then uh, I was expelled from school. Oh wow! And uh, it didn't went well with me as far as education is concerned. Uh, there's nothing wrong with the support or the financial support. My dad was always set it as priority, but it was just me mm. back then, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, but after that, I I tried to to pursue my education because of my interest in music. Mm-hmm. So I was able to go to the tertiary level. Yeah. So you're a musician. Yeah, a musician. What do you What do you play? Uh anything. Uh, anything. Drum, oh bass, wow! Guitar, I didn't keyboard. know that. Okay. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like we are kind of uh, the whole family is kind of love music. Yeah. My dad sing. My dad plays. Also my mom. So all the brothers and sisters, uh, we all sing. We all play. So. Every time we had a devotion, so it's like a full uh, band playing. <laughs> oh, that's awesome! And uh, because of that, uh, my dad find out that I've got that talent. So mm. it's one platform that I can pursue my uh, career in music. Mm-hmm. So I went to the uh, to the tertiary level for that, and still, you no. Know, uh, this is what happened when you disobey your, the rules <laughs> from your parents. Yes. Then I end up, I didn't graduate from the tertiary level. And I was <coughs> a bit, uh, my story was, was it doesn't have a, a good beginning from mm. the start. It's kind of messy. I was in the world like three to four years before I came back. Uh, I thank God for our parents that I never never stop praying for the kids even mm. though they are not in the presence of God but they keep on praying and yes and one day uh, the prodigal son came back home Amen. and uh, I went to Bible school I studied Bible school went to Bible school and I graduated that's the only 
the only certificate I had, the diploma. Mm. The only certificate. The only qualification I can <laughs> say. Yeah, but I thank God for that qualification. That's an important qualification for what you're doing now. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's about me, about the family, the background. Uh, we are all uh, in the mission field, mm. you know, experiencing, uh, starting a new church where you start from scratch. Yeah, uh, where you have to live on a daily basis by faith. Mm. You, know? you you have no idea what's the what will be the next meal or when is the next meal. Wow, you know, you've been taught by your parents to keep on praying, keep on fasting. We don't have financial support. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's quite different than, yeah, like, say, an American features. missionary yeah, or, a, yeah. or an Australian missionary. They're going yeah. over with a lot of yeah. financial backing, and you guys are just taking taking yeah. a step of faith. Actually, when they send my dad over to that uh, mission field to start off, they just give him a support of $5. $5? A knife, a fork, and a spade. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, so wow. so my, my, my mom and dad with my two elder siblings, they started off with that support. In a foreign land, wow. it's not even the the village that my dad belongs to. Yeah, my dad is from the east. Yeah, we are in the north. Now. Yeah. yeah, and uh, because of the passion they have for souls for God, mm. uh, they will uh, take up any challenge concerning the kingdom of God. And uh, I can say now that I'm really blessed mm. to have such a parent with those kind of passion. You know, uh, their impartation some way just. Yeah, all under the feet, mm. and we just there uh, as the children. I was I was gonna save this for later, but your dad and mom they ended up being missionaries to Papua New Guinea as well, right? Yeah, that's where I met them. I met them at okay. a conference while they were. Okay. I think it was their final year in in PNG. They're they're back in Fiji now, yeah, right? They're back in yeah, Fiji. Yeah. yeah, yeah. How did that uh, impact you? Their time in Papua oh, New Guinea. Uh, uh, when they were in Papua New Guinea, uh, we just call each other on the phone. They telling us uh, things that are happening in Papua New Guinea, but for us as a as a past kids, no, it doesn't make any much difference because mm. we know we have been going through that uh, challenges, those hard times since we were kids. Yeah, and when they were telling those stories, like for us, it's not a big issue because we know, yeah, it's it's all we are familiar with those stories, with those, those challenges until uh, back in two thousand and fourteen. And I was uh, invited to go and preach as uh, as the uh, national youth conference in Papua New Guinea. In Papua New Guinea. Wow, was that up in the mountains in, in Up in the mountain in Groka. Oh wow, bro! Yeah. I can say that was a turning point for me in the ministry. Okay. I thought I know God. I thought I know how to worship. I thought mm. I know what it feels like to be in the presence of God. But until you no. Know, Every time I talk about that experience, it's kind of uh, moved me always. Because mm. I will never, I will never forget that first day we step into that uh, area, into that place where we having the service. Mm-hmm. So it was like uh, three hours earlier. So I was just uh, uh, I asked the guy who was taking me around. I just want to see the place where we're gonna have the service. It's just uh, walking distance from where I stay. I just want to go and see, and then come back and get ready for the night. Mm-hmm. But when I came in, it was jam-packed. Yeah. And uh, the worship started already. Wow. And the presence of God was there already. And I thought it was a different group. They're just about to finish. <laughs> and we come <laughs> in. Yes, yes, yes. So when I stand in there, I say, bro, who are these people? And he smiled at me. He said, ah, the youth. What youth? 
the our youth we are getting ready for them from say it's three hours early wow say well they always always want to book the front seat mm. and they will always want to be the first no they don't want to miss the first seat yeah so everybody came in there like that's the first experience mm. you be in a service three hours early and the presence of god was there already mm. i came back home to my apartment that day i was kind of have this unnecessary pressure with a lot of expectation from the youth you know and uh when we when we came in for the service that day i was standing up there on the stage with what i felt in the spirit bro it's just totally unbelievable mm. i haven't felt that heavy no impact in my spirit in the presence of god and i was uh crying bro i was weeping you no know? i was telling to god we don't have what these people have mm-hmm. and uh i don't have anything to preach to these people because they they have what we don't have yeah i felt that i felt the yeah. same way no. when we were there for their conference and, uh, yeah and i was and i was there at the altar praying during the time of worship and i was asking god lord i don't feel comfortable preaching to this uh bunch of people who are so hungry they mm. have this passion about the things of god because and then suddenly this still small voice as usual you know mm. when god talks to you and said uh you have something they don't and they have something you don't have mm. so you take back with you what you don't have but you have to give them what i've told you to come and deliver wow so that what kind of give me a piece of uh, confidence mm. to preach uh, that uh, youth conference and it was also my first uh uh service we have to preach to thousands of people <laughs> <laughs> no four to five thousand <laughs> yeah. people It's crazy. It's uh, wild. Yeah. And I I was in Port Moresby, so yeah. I didn't even get up into the mountains where where you oh, are. Okay. So it was much bigger up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it is. It is. Yeah. Yeah. And bro, like 500 people received the Holy Ghost. Wow. Like 240 people baptized in the name of Jesus. Amazing. We don't have to lay hands on the people filled with the Holy Ghost. No, like the passion, the desire. Mm. That's what I've learned. Yeah. And uh not only that, with with uh this is group of people like seven of them my dad called me said hey i want you to meet up this group and we came and shake their hands and my dad said you asked them how did they get up here so i asked them how did you guys get up here he said oh brother what there ah uh, we walk eight days to reach this place man oh, yeah. he said why do you have to walk and they said ah we we we, we can't uh, afford the return ticket we from the plane. coastal areas uh for us to to pay a thousand dollars with ticket we can't afford it. we can only afford one way mm. so we plan to walk one way and save the, the other five hundred dollars for our return. flight home yeah flight home wow. and take them eight days to walk so five boys with two uh sisters and i was and my dad and they're said, young people they are young people yeah like they were so excited mm. about Uh, we have an evangelist coming to Fiji and going to preach like they were all excited mm-hmm. with a lot of expectation no and you yeah. came in there no from this uh island of uh, what 
800 something thousand people population yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know to that to that place where you mm-hmm. have what 8 11 million population yeah in a large church in, a, in, large a, church, in yeah. a large church yeah and uh no i was being challenged i've been challenged and my dad said now every time you want to complain about the hardship you go through in the ministry remember png yeah they don't have the privilege you have they mm-hmm. can't have service in the night why because of this uh a rascal no there's a lot of corruption taking place climate is highest level and uh, it's so bad uh, mm. that we feel sorry for the people that's why they only have church on daytime and not in the evening not in the night and, wow. and uh that that sunday morning uh is it okay if i still oh yeah please yes that sunday morning we have a service a normal sunday service in the church we are preaching early in the morning my mom wake up and start uh baking all these muffins yeah. and uh we come to the church we set up this table and he put the uh, this uh banner in front of the table the samaritan table so mm. I asked my mom uh, what is this the samaritan table and she said uh, you you you'll, you'll find out what is this so he set up all these muffins and all these cups filled with juice like eight o'clock in the morning so the service started at 10. after nine o'clock i started to see people coming when they come into church straight away they come into the table they take the muffins they take the juice and they start eating and my mom told me you know these people who are using the muffin and the juice yeah they woke up two o'clock in the morning and start walk from the area to reach uh, the church and before 10 o'clock oh my goodness so this muffin and this juice is for them to them to take something to eat before the, the service begin and we have to finish early because they have to walk at distance again So I'm talking about a dad and a mom mm. and the children. Mm. You, know, you just say them like for me that morning service like it was for me not for them. Mm. You know, I was being challenged in every way. Yeah. You know, all the excuses that are it was up there in my mind. All the complaints that was there. I thought I was doing something for God. Mm. Until I came to Papua Guinea that time changed me completely. Wow. Came back home I just say God Whatever you want me to do, mm. I'm willing to lay my life on the line. Whatever price, whatever it costs, mm. I'm ready. You know, like I, now I've been challenged. I've been challenged. So I was coming back to Fiji and I was telling the youth, bro, if one place I recommend you to go and visit, you go and visit Papua New Guinea. You'll be changed. Mm. Your concept, your mentality, gonna be changed. Yeah. Like for me, that's a. It was a. I can say it, it really changed me how I see. Yeah. work of God mm. because the privilege unlike some people you no know, I haven't uh, visit other places where we've heard a uh, Christian have been killed you know I've loved to visit those places even I told my wife one day man uh what will be your response if you one day you receive a message that your husband is being killed in the mission field mm-hmm. and she said uh why you, why you want to say stuff like that Oh, like I was trying to tell her, man, I'm ready. Mm. I'm ready for anything, whatever God wants me to do. I don't have fear again. No. It just keep growing. You know, the momentum just taking up from level to level. All the sacrifice you've done, everything you tried, no, by faith, you walk on the water. You you taking the risk in so many, so many times for God, mm. and God always, no, surprise you with with this mysterious way. 
miracles and wonders. Yeah. Just amazes you and just keep wanting more and more. You know? mm. And it's keep getting better and better every day. But when you talk about PNG, bro, it's a special yeah. place for me. Do, do you think, because um, there's incredible moves of God there, you know, in the services, obviously, you, yeah. you described a few. Yeah. But um, do you believe that's because of the expectation? I mean, someone's showing up there after an eight days walk. Yeah. <laughs> and 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 obviously they're bringing expectation with them, yeah. right? The yeah. people are traveling in. Yeah. The person you were talking about on a Sunday morning traveling seven hours on foot yeah. Yeah. that morning just to come to church. It's a 10 to 3 hours service. Yeah. Walk for 14 hours. Yeah. So there's a level of expectation that they yeah. bring with them. Yeah. Do you think that plays into why they see the miraculous, why they see the power of God move in such a way? I definitely can agree with that because... Uh, it's because of expectation that God shows up. Mm. The level of uh, desire, the level of uh, passion they have. Uh, the, uh, there is this uh, like uh, urgency in them. Like they have uh, nothing else to, to depend on. Mm. Uh, like I, I might say because of uh, the government situation, uh, the, even the tribe thing, you know, this... Uh, war between tribes yes uh, and um the force like uh, the police and the army that's supposed to be uh the protection to the people you know uphold the, the laws yes but there, there's no such thing as law in png man i i don't want to uh, uh, say bad things about png but the reality like you feel sorry for the people yeah because of the reality in PNG. So, uh, for me, there is one reason why people are so desperate for God. Maybe because of the situation. Mm. And because of that level of desperacy and that level of hunger and desire that uh, God show up in those uh, mighty ways. Yeah. You're like, you're coming to church, you be expecting miracles. Mm. That's for sure. In yeah. any normal Sunday, uh, service in PNG. Yeah. You'll be expecting miracles. Yeah. That's for sure. You don't doubt that. Yeah, yeah. we say it, but it yeah. doesn't mean that we expect it. Just yeah. because we say it, you know, yeah. it doesn't mean yeah. you say it because sometimes you feel like it's the right thing to say. Yeah. But right. it seems like over there, yeah. it's expected. It's we're going to see something yeah. happen. We're going to see something happen. Actually, uh, just as an aside, when we were at the conference there, when yeah. Pastor was preaching it and I traveled with him, there was a lady that got baptized. She was blind and she decided to be baptized in Jesus' name. She got baptized, and when she came out of the water, she was healed. Exactly. Now, if that happened in Australia, that yeah. would she would be on the platform. Like we would be, <laughs> right, we'd be right. talking about yeah, it for years yeah, and years. Right. We all I saw of it was like a photo, and then she walked away. Like this yeah. just happens. Like for me, while we were talking right now, like I can, I, I feel that goosebump. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Like I'm in PNG right now. It's just real, like it's real. That uh, that experience, it's gonna be in my mind forever. It's yeah. like something is there to engine behind my work with God. Mm. So I got us a little bit off track there, but I, I felt like it, it was it was good to chat about that. Yeah. Um, I did want to ask you. So you talked about how uh, you sort of walked away from God, and then and then came back, and ultimately you responded to the call of God. Yeah. In your life, what did that look like for you? What was what was that like? When when did you first feel that call to okay. preach and to go into the ministry? Okay. Uh, uh, 
growing up in the in the pastor's home, all you hear about is uh, the ministry of God, answering to the call of God. Uh, I don't really care if you fail your education, but I want you to serve God wholeheartedly. Mm. Uh, and uh, nine, in 1991, it was the last, I think if I'm right, the last sub-original conference in the Pacific was held in Fiji. Uh, and uh, our former general superintendent, Nathaniel Ursham, was the speaker on that conference. Oh, wow. So I was like, what, eight, I don't know, eight or nine years old. I was this young kid sitting in the front seat, <laughs> as usual. And you know, back then, we, we just love the opportunity to dance mm. in the music scene, yeah, you know, yeah. running everywhere. Uh, like, we're always looking forward to meetings like that as a young boy. So during that conference the last night when he about to preach, like he was sitting in the platform, and me and one of my brother, we were like worshiping God all the way through the service. Mm. And I didn't know that God was talking to the general superintendent while he was sitting up there in the platform. So when we they introduced him to come to the platform to preach, he came to the platform before he preached, he said, God spoke to me. Uh, if you, I said, just bring these two little boys sitting up front here. Can you just bring them up to the pulpit? So the says, come here, you two, you need to go up there to the pulpit. The speaker wants to see you. So we went up to the pulpit and Brother Nathaniel Ocean hugged me like this, taking me under his arms and he said, God spoke to me while you were praising God that you will be a preach of the word, mm. powerful preach of the word in Fiji in years to come. That was back in 1991. Wow. So I was like eight years old, mm -hmm. if I'm right. I'm, I don't know, eight or nine. <laughs> so from that day, my dad always reminded me, you need not to forget that you're already chosen by God. Mm. But no, as a young age, not really mean much, so much. Yeah. But until... When I came back from the world, I was praying and God has to remind me again. He reminded you. Wow. Yeah. So there was the time I said, okay, it's going to all be locked in from mm. this time on. Yeah. So I walk out from home. I go and camp in the church. I have to look for my own food. I have to look for my everything, my clothes. From that moment, I decided myself, I need to trust in God from this time on. Wow. I don't have to trust my dad. I don't have to trust anybody again. I have to leave the word of God. I need I need to see God for myself. Mm. So there was the beginning of everything back in 2004, then 2006, and then 2007. I uh, got married with uh, three kids. And uh, I thank God for giving me a wife who's very supportive. Uh, actually, it's a funny story. Uh, but I thank God that, uh, that she gave me a wife who 110% support me in the ministry. Mm. And before we we get married, I told her, see, I'm a full-time minister. That's what I'm going to do. Yeah. I'm not going to work for any company or work for money. I'm going to work for God. So whenever yeah. God gave me, blessed me, he knows my family can survive. And I have that faith that this is the best job. And she agreed. But she already had a job. So she was kind of a blessing to me in so many ways. Uh, and not only a company, not only a mother of our children. But financially, she was supporting me from the beginning, from that small beginning.
Wow. And uh, now she didn't regret that uh, decision. Yeah. As uh, God has been blessing us with so many things. Yeah. And uh, yeah, from that time, 1991, uh, then from 2004, 2006, 2007, just 2007, 2006, we got married. 2011, I was elected as a national youth director. Mm-hmm. And then 2018, I decided to go on a full-time evangelist. Wow. 2010, 2011 also, I was uh, installed as a pastor. So for seven years, pastor in the church, then I felt it in my heart that the demand in the field was an evangelist. Mm. There was only two consistent full-time evangelists at that time. And, uh, while in all of Fiji? In all of Fiji. Wow. And uh, and like following them, like you know, it keeps challenging, it keeps challenging. They'll be going from for two months in a row without even going back to their churches. Wow! Because of preaching schedule, you know, it was demanding that time. So following them, like it was, I was really challenged. Mm. So while I was pastoring the church, and I was started uh, evangelizing as well, and I was being uh, invited by places. To a point where I spend sixty percent of my time out in the field, forty mm. percent in the church. So I was being challenged, and uh, I felt it in the spirit that God was telling me to go out by faith and be a full-time evangelist. So I did that in two thousand and eighteen. Step out by faith, and my wife was kind of happy because you now we just started building up the momentum, mm. and things start getting better and better for the family as well. And then you make another no, sacrifice. Make another <laughs> sacrifice for another. And as usual, she always uh, have faith in me that I'm making the decision from God. Mm. So I started off from 2018. Just that 2018, on November, I started receiving calls from Tonga, uh, from the Solomon Islands, uh, to the annual conference in New Zealand as a conference speaker. Wow. And they want to... They wanna they want to support the whole family to come for New Zealand. Unfortunately, the kids couldn't get their visa on time, but uh, just me and my wife. While on the plane... My did, you fought, did you actually file their paperwork or yeah, for the kids? Did, did, <laughs> just the you didn't want to take it as a, yeah. <laughs> as a time away from the kids. <laughs> it's like, oh, sorry. <laughs> no, we, we were praying. <laughs> you were pushing the, the immigration. Just like, no. I said, okay, maybe <laughs> maybe God just wants us now before <laughs> we'll come back and uh, continue our life with the kids. But on that f- that plane going to New Zealand, you are kind of like reflecting back, you know, and I said, man, I don't know if uh, we say yes to the will of God. Mm. I don't know if something such as this would have uh, um, existed. Where was the conference in New Zealand? Uh, it happened in Pukekohe uh, in Auckland. Mm. And uh, they said, Pastor, we, we invite you and we're going to take care of all the, the finances. We'll pay you a ticket. Even we book a hotel, we take care of your meal. We even provide a vehicle and, and uh, lots of other stuff. You know? so taking your wife, you, know, you want to at least have Something where your wife can at least enjoy the shopping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bro, we were been taken into these big shopping malls with all uh, two trolleys and the guy just said, 
pastor just fill up the trolley. Anything you want to fill up the trolley. Tell her whatever she wants. Don't worry about who's going to pay for it. Just fill up the trolley. Bro, we fill up the trolley with everything we can think of. And, you, and they said, you still have to fill more. <laughs> no. So what those kind of things, like, it is yeah. really rewarding. Like, it mm. gives us that inspiration. We are on the right track. You know? Every sacrifice that we made for God, it, it's, it's nothing. When God starts to reward you with blessings, with opportunities, you know, you even back in 2017, you know, we were being sub- sponsored by the youth in UPCA to come and attend the Transfusion Conference. Oh, yes, that's yeah. right. I remember that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So all those, you know, those opportunities, and it was you and your wife. They, and they actually, went, you and your wife. So the wife have to experience all the, yeah, that's awesome. know, all the blessings. And mm. that, I think it was been orchestrated by God just to confirm the calling to me and my wife. Mm. And it was all around that same yeah. time where you're taking that yeah. step of faith step to be an evangelist. To be an evangelist. Wow. Until 2019 when I received this uh, email from Australia. During the time I was in Tonga. We were doing a mission uh, program in Tonga when I received the email from Australia. And when I saw the email with uh, all the the privileges with comes with all the, the whole package. I have to email it to my wife straight away. And my wife is calling me, is this is real? Is this is real? I say, you just have to see the the email address that comes from the UPC, <laughs> the home mission director. You know, like for us, it's kind of a God was trying to confirm us. Mm-hmm. I got you. you know, yeah. I know your 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 cries. I know your sacrifice. And uh, it's, this is my will. And he uh, he took care of you during the pandemic as well, because yeah. because that happened, you came over to Australia, and then yeah. uh, you were preaching for a few months, and then the pandemic struck. Yeah, and and you you still had income yeah. during that time, even yeah. like yeah. in Fiji. Did they were they allowed to travel back then? In, in Fiji, in twenty twenty, in Fiji, everything was shut down. Yeah, I figured. Yeah, down. the restriction was a bit a uh, bit uh, heavy. You know, mm. the penalty comes with a penalty. Also, there's a lot of redundancy taking place. People losing their jobs. Yeah, because because uh, tourism is shut down. Yes, tourism was shut down. Mm. It was really bad. You know, a lot of people. Uh, uh, we we just have to read it online. Mm. A lot of complaints and the sad story from the family. You no, know, and but for us, God was taking care of you. God was taking care of. Wow, that's and amazing. It was just amazing. We have to share their olive branch to other families, the unfortunate. We have to put down the list of our widows and all mm. the orphans in the church, take care of the elders. So, uh, we we managed to bless other people. Wow. With what God has blessed us with. Yeah. That's amazing. It is. It is. That's it is. so cool. <laughs> yeah. Now, I like, I like to ask as well, yeah. uh, people who come on the podcast, ministers, yeah. um, what advice would you give to someone who is feeling the call of God, they feel like the, the Lord is leading them into the ministry yeah. um, specifically. What what advice would you give someone who is developing uh, in their um, calling? Um, every time I talk with young people who are interested in the ministry, there's always one uh, common um, uh, statement I told them. Uh, first, is our faithfulness on the little things. Mm. You're going to be tested only on the little things. If you can be faithful on the little things, then God can trust you with his spiritual abilities, supernatural gift. You know? uh, 
also in the Bible it says that uh, that what is hidden it belongs to God. Mm. So some people they always love to be involved in the ministry in conference time, you know, bigger events. Mm-hmm. It comes to the to the personal uh, devotion, the personal time with God uh, during the midweek service, during Bible studies, during the week. They were nowhere to be found. Mm. So if you're really interested in ministry, you have to show yourself approved and faithful on the little things. Yes. First and the second thing, try to be always under a covering of a pastor. You need to be submissive. You need to learn how to stay submission at all times. Because there are times that you don't have the answer mm-hmm. to what you're going through. But when you're under submission, you're protected. Mm-hmm. You know? And there are things in your life that God will not be going to give you the answer. And uh, because of your, your submission, God will allow you to go to your mentor, whoever who is uh, above you. you know? and, uh, and some of the, uh, the advice is stay hungry. Mm. Stay hungry at all times, and you you have to have this right motive and right attitude. You know? Don't go for blessings, don't go for spotlight, don't go for position. You need to get your intention and your attitude and your motive right with God, mm. because God is the righteous judge. You don't have you don't have to complain. You don't have to say God about anything. You just do what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Just be simple. Just be faithful. Be honest on the little things. Don't worry about. If people picked on you, if people don't recognize the effort, the sacrifice you've done, just be faithful on the little things because that little thing belongs to God. Mm. Yeah. The big, all the things that have been shown publicly, that's for the ministry, that's for the body of Christ, that's for the people. But for God, it's the unseen things, oh. the little things. Yeah, that's good. Faithfulness is very powerful because God is the one who do the promotion and the demotion. Mm. Yes, and it's uh, and he's the righteous judge. Yeah. So you, you can never complain. You can never. There's no room for complaint when you come to God because he's the righteous judge. Mm-hmm. He will give you what you deserve. Nothing more. Nothing less. What you des- What you deserve, plus blessing as a bonus, a bonus. Mm. And, uh, Yeah. That's, I think that's what I can. Uh, some of the advice that I can give to those who are interested in the ministry who are thinking of studying the ministry, forget about uh, the spotlight, forget about being a conference speaker, forget about preaching to thousands of people. Just be faithful on the little things. Yeah. God will take you from there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and, and often it's because of someone who has the right spirit and someone who is doing the right things, doing all the little things, being faithful for years and years yeah. and years. You know, we see people speaking at conferences and yeah. we see, like yourself, you know, yeah. if you're preaching in a conference, yeah. people don't know your story. They just yeah. see, you know, Billy Wate preaching uh, right. to, to hundreds of people, thousands of people, That's right. but they don't know the times where you were yeah. fully committed to God and trusting Him for everything, the times you went without, the times your father went without. Yeah. That's right. And, um, yeah, it can become, uh, what's the word? It can become... Uh, you can confuse yourself if you're yeah. focusing on the highlights of someone's life. That's right. what social media is, yeah. is doing to us yeah. as well. That's you know, right. Right. we see people's highlights, snapshots yeah. of, right. of their biggest yeah. moments, yeah. and we compare ourselves to that. And yeah. we can do that in ministry as well. Yeah, we see course. like the the great great moments. Mm. And I also like the point that you made that um, to God, 
you know, maybe those moments that we see as, as great preaching a conference, doing those sorts of things to God. It's the unseen moments that he sees that are great to him. Like for me, that's uh, the secret ingredient. I can say that uh, what makes the outcome uh, so uh, rewarding, it's the the unseen Mm -hmm. faithfulness. Yeah. I can I can define faithfulness on the unseen things, mm. or when you're under no supervision, when there's no one there, but you've got a task, a vow that you need to fulfill to God, not only to the to the church, but to God, yes. your personal devotion. You no, know? mm. uh, whatever time you vow God that you're gonna pray in this time, you're gonna fast on this particular day, and uh, nobody knows just you and God. Even those things, that's what God values the most. Mm. Then people thought, oh, it was a great conference. It was a, a great evangelistic service. The power of God fell, and people filled with the Holy Ghost, and people baptized, miracles happened. But for me, those are not the big moments. The big moment is when you are alone under no supervision, and you're struggling in your flesh, trying to, to please God mm-hmm. in whatever you know that you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. No one is there. Like... For to people uh, in this secular world, it's, it, that's not a pressure because you have the whole freedom to do whatever you want to do. Right. But with us, we've made a commitment with God. Mm-hmm. And God wants to see us faithful on those times when you're under no supervision. Yeah, yeah that's so good. Mm-hmm. So you were a youth president for a while, but now you're the missions director yeah. of UPC Fiji. And and you've been doing that for how long now? Was it just last year you were elected? Yeah, I was just uh, yeah I was just elected uh, on the conference last year. Okay. Yeah. And you were sharing a bit on Sunday in our services, and and you yeah. preached in the nine fifteen service, yeah. and you were sharing a bit of the stories that have been taking place this year. Yeah. And I I think it's important. Would you mind sharing a bit of that here? You don't have to go into all of it, but. Yeah. Share a little bit of what God is doing in Fiji in, in 2022. Amen. So we're not talking about past stories. Yeah. We're talking about what's happening yeah. right now. That's right. Yeah, right now there's uh, a lot going on in Fiji. Uh, despite uh, the COVID uh, period, even the restriction is still now in place, especially the, the worship protocol still in place. Wow. Uh, those who are not vaccinated cannot worship in a confined space or in a house. They have to do it outdoors? Only to do outdoors. Oh my goodness. And uh, right now, uh, as I was saying on Saturday, on Sunday, uh, we pledged 1,000 souls into the kingdom of God coming conference 2022. Mm. So we started off with this group of young people and some pastors of praying and fasting, asking for the will of God because we need to start somewhere. And then God starts to open doors uh, into evangelizing, into places. Uh, actually, it started in a hospital, mm. a hospital ministry, where in one week, they clear the whole world. Like all the people who have been prayed have been discharged from the hospital. They've been healed. They've been healed. Oh They've been healed. They were like, it's been discharged from the hospital. Because uh, the nurses, they said, uh, there's nothing else there. You are, you are healed. You are, you're free to go home. You know? Wow. It break out from there. And, 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 and this happens through the young people. Mm. And once these young people start to witness what God can do through people who sanctify themselves in the presence of God, through prayer and fasting, 
bro, they just want fasting and prayer every week. Mm. So we continue to inspire them. Let's keep on doing what we need supposed to do. Then God start opening doors from villages to villages to villages to villages, and we are baptizing like chief of the village. We are baptizing pastors of denomination, and we baptizing the congregation. Wow. Like we are talking about of fifty five people in one program. 95 people in one program, 107 people in one program, baptizing, filling with the Holy Ghost. So uh, we just, um, the funny thing is, I challenge them with a, with, a, with a method that I believe that God gave me. You don't put up a program. We take our cue from John chapter 3 verse 8. Okay. The wind blows where it listeth. Yes. So we, uh, I said, so we just going to fast and pray. And we just gonna have to be sensitive in the spirit. When wherever the wind blows, we just go follow after the wind. Mm. So God start open doors, and we just go through that door. In Fiji, like the traditional way of uh, evangelizing a village, you have to go, go through the protocols, where you have to present. We call it the Isebusebu to the chief. Yeah, you have to talk to the chief yeah, yeah. for permission. Now the funny thing about this year. While we were doing evangelistic program on one village, the the headman of this village from the other village heard about what is happening in this village. He came to that village and asked us, "Hey, bro, can we? Can you come over to our village oh, next? Wow. After that, you don't have to worry about the protocols. I'll take care of that on your behalf. I'll go to the chief. I'll do this. This. You just have to say yes. So whenever they agree, we'll give you a call. It was like that." Wow. Like we don't have to worry about the protocols. We don't have to worry about uh, getting the you know what we need to present mm -hmm. for that. And it's just amazing. Like it's never happened as far as I know in the ministry. For me, that never happens. What we have to be really so careful about presenting the pro, you know, yeah. observing the protocols because of the tradition. The chief, I highly respect them. Yes, the people. Now the chief, they want us to come. Because wow. of the rumors, it's been going around. Like we made an awareness. Like the 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 main focus was made our presence known that we are different. We are not the same as all these religions. We have the message. We have to make our presence known. So whatever it takes, every opportunity, every opportunity, let's make our presence known to the prison ministry, to the hospital ministry, every villages, even in the streets, all kinds of program. We invested into that, mm -hmm. and now people are following us around on Facebook, on media. Where is their next meeting? Where is their next meeting? Where wow. is the next meeting? Coming May and June, like we're expecting five, four to five hundred people in a meeting. These people from other villages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they come by bus, load of bus, and and their trucks. Just come and listen. Come and listen. So. And the funny thing we we watch that those people from this village they didn't baptize during the program in their village, but they follow us through to the next village, and they got baptized in this in next the village. Next village. Yeah. Wow! So like this kind of uh, uh, what I can say like they they don't have the courage yeah. to be baptized in front of their people ah, because I of yes. be ridicule and be. Yeah. A full and not only that because of this uh, stronghold of denomination. Yeah. Uh, that get a hold of these villages, especially the Methodists. Like Methodists, been highly respected. Mm. All the villages. There's yeah. no, there's no other denomination like the Methodists in Fiji. Yeah. 
like their close ties with the government and all other authorities. When we came wherever yeah, I mean, we you, go, you watch like uh, you watch Fiji international teams. Yeah, they pray. Yeah, like if you're watching on TV, yeah. the other teams are doing like a haka, yeah. and the Fijians yeah, are right. singing gospel songs yeah. and praying before yeah. they play a game. Yeah. yeah. So, and what God is doing is healing taking place, like miracles instantly. People getting out of the water, filled with the Holy Ghost, uh, the tumor just gone, disappeared just like that. Wow. And they just go, and they he just surrender all the responsibility of the church. They just come and join the church straight away. No, things like this was happening, and it was the young people, just the young people. And I, I started off as I started off as a main preacher every evangelistic program for the first two months. After those first two months, I was sick for two weeks. Mm. I can't even I can't even talk. My throat was sore. I was numb. All this uh, can hear the all this um, ring in my ear uh, because of the nonstop program. Like mm. I pour myself out. I go beyond my limit. I just yeah. sat down all of a sudden. For that two weeks, these young people took over, bro. And what amazes them, God even produced more result without me there. Wow. Now it gives them the courage. Yes, yeah. It's not about Pastor Wadi. It's about whoever who wants to be involved in this. And that was the last time I preached. It was back in May. Wow. And from those uh, months until now, it was all the young people. That's amazing. It is amazing because even right now while we were speaking, we were just talked this morning. Yeah, we have to arrange a bus going to the western side. They started camping there for another nine pocket meetings are in line for the next three weeks. And, and none uh, of this was organized beforehand. Like this is all just sort of happening over time. Happening over yeah. time when uh, people, uh, no, yeah. momentum's building up yeah. and like mission from different churches, they call me pastors. I, our mission team wanna come and join. Whoever wanna come and join can come and join. But remember, as soon as you enter into the team, there's a rules. Mm. Everybody's being bound by the rules. Yeah. So what are the rules? What are the rules? The rule is there's no babysitting in the in the mission team. So you look for your airfare, uh, for your bus fare. You look for your own food. You prepare your own uh, beddings. Nothing gonna be provided here for you. Mm. You have to look for it. We don't want liabilities in the group. <laughs> all asset. If mm. you come here, you are willing to pray, you're willing to preach, you're willing to pray over demon possess, demon press, whatever, whatever responsibility going to be uh, entrusted to you, you are willing to do it. There is no, no business when you come into the team. Mm. And a lot of them was just coming there because of the, of the stories that is going yeah. on. But God transformed them. That's almost like the story of the 70 that Jesus commissioned. Yeah. You know, he sent them out. They didn't have anything. Exactly. <laughs> wow. And I receive a lot of uh, call from the pastors because of the transformation take place to the young people. Mm. When they came back from the mission team, they say, Pastor, man, you can see a difference. You can see a change. Like for me, it's the environment itself. that yeah. transform people's life and what they witness, what they see, and they involve into the program, you know, mm. to do the song leading, do the prayer walk at night, in the midnight, early in the morning, church distribution, you know, and uh, all these uh, programs, it really, like for them, never happens in the church. Mm. But when they involve into the mission, this is what we are doing. 
like every day. Thing. Yeah. Yes. It's like normal for it's, you guys. It's like a normal thing. Yeah. To those who started off with us, it's normal. Yeah. But to the new recruit, like they excited every day. Excited <laughs> every day. That's awesome. It's like keep getting the momentum going. That is so cool. And uh, as of now speaking, we've passed 1,400. Uh, wow. The, the numbers of people being baptized. That's the one that we recorded. Yeah. Uh, it, it, we, we didn't get the updates from the headquarters where churches submit their monthly program. This Those is just, just the ones you've recorded one your team. We, yeah, yeah. The team. And some churches, they're doing a crusade yeah. as well. Yeah. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah. That's so, amazing. Yeah, we, are, we already passed the mark, that 1,000. And whatever God is doing now, like for us, it's a bonus, it's a blessing. Mm. And we are already put uh, in place because we'll be having general conference on the first week of December. Mm -hmm. So we already set up a plan for the festive season during Christmas and uh, and uh, New Year's Eve. Like for, for me, this is how I say it. It's the harvesting season of the devil. Wow. The festive season. Yeah, yeah. Because this is the time most of the church members got backslidden. Uh, most, in uh, Fiji? In Fiji. Okay. Most uh, families. Uh, this is the time we have uh, so many uh, arguments in the family, uh, husband and wife. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot of things happening, bad things in Fiji during this festive season. Wow. So we kind of make up a plan to stand on behalf of uh, people in Fiji, the young people, the church mm. members. So uh, there's a program already in place. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's amazing. Thank you. Amen. Thank you for sharing all of that, Praise bro. And uh, I, I've really enjoyed my time with you today. I know you, we've got some time constraints, and um, yeah. but I do like to finish these uh, episodes mm. with uh, the guest having the final word, uh, a word that you know God has given you specifically for this podcast. Yeah. So if you wouldn't mind, bro, sharing with us uh, a word from the Lord as we finish up. And thanks again Thank for, for uh, committing your time today and spending it with us. Pleasure. Uh, thank you. I uh, just want to end our uh, uh, interview tonight, uh, this afternoon with this scripture in John chapter 4, verse 35. Jesus said, Say not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes, look on the field, for they are white already for harvest. I just want to say to that someone who will be listening to this podcast recording that we don't have time on other things all the time that we have now I think we need to focus on the main purpose why the church exists is the soul saving business as you said you don't say that it's yet four more months then come the harvest it's already here uh, I might say an uh, illustration or an example, an accident that, that took place in Hawaii, had on collision, a car crash, and the people are waiting for the medics to arrive. And they don't arrive there on time. When the medics arrive, they're already dead. And so in 2020, there was a statement by our former national superintendent, the Bishop Downs. He made this statement. And it was there in my heart all throughout this, this time until now. And he said, quote, if the gospel doesn't reach there on time, it is not the gospel. The gospel saves. It has to reach there on time. And we see people are dying. 
people are going to hell. And we are here, the people of God who knows we have the message that will save them. And when he said that if the gospel doesn't reach there on time, it is not the gospel. Taking back to that illustration, when the medics arrive with all their expertise, with all their experience, with all their facilities, with all what they bring to save people, they are late. Everybody's dead. Why? Because they take their time so long. They thought they still have time. That's what I want to conclude this interview this afternoon. Let's bring home the harvest. It's already white for harvest. Whenever we're going to step up by faith, involve ourselves in this business, God's going to open doors. He will do miracles. Because this is what God wants. People to be saved. So that is my last statement this afternoon. Let's bring home the harvest. It's already done.